morning, uh, but before we do that, if you're visiting with us, first time, first time in a long time, never got a visitor's packet, please raise your hand nice and high, we want to get that to you, and uh, anybody visiting with us, first time, first time in a long time, what a good crowd on New Year's Day, good to see everybody here, okay, all right, I've had some visitors, did we miss anybody, we don't overlook anybody, you're visiting with us this morning, all right, now if you are here this morning and you need a prayer card. Raise your hand nice and high. The ushers have our prayer cards ready. So if you need that, and they got a pen too, so get your hand nice and high. Okay. All right, there's also inside the visitor's packet, there's a visitor's card. You get that out, you fill it out, and drop it in the offering plate. We'll appreciate that very, very much. We would really love uh, having a record of your visit here with us today. So let me just go over a couple of things real quick. There's no evening service tonight. Okay, so got that. No evening service tonight. Paris Foundation meal is tomorrow. So if you're helping with that, if you got a, if there's something that you're involved with in that, uh, then um, uh, you you know you know that happens tomorrow. And if you haven't done anything yet, but you're willing to, you can see Becky. She's where's Becky? There she is. She's over there, uh, sitting next to uh, uh, who's that guy over there? Oh, so Justin. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Okay, so youth group does not start this Tuesday night. So uh, it actually starts uh, on January the 10th, the same time as Discovery. So 6.30 to 8.30, January the 10th on Tuesday evenings, Discover Club and youth group will start back. Uh, Also, this uh, this coming Friday night at 6.30 is the men's devotion night. And then the Young Adults Bible Study uh, is Saturday night at 7 o'clock. So there's lots of great things coming up. There's also some other things in the bulletin, including something about the paint night. And if you would like to sign up for that and you have it already, you can see Virginia Skaggs. She's sitting right over here on the second to the first row. And uh, so you can let her know that you want to be a part of the paint night coming up. I think that's in about two weeks. So uh, those are the announcements we have. But I wanted to say something this morning. Uh, The passage of Scripture that I read from Isaiah, uh, chapter number 43, I believe, in verse 19, says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? And so uh, I am not a big person on New Year's resolutions, but I do believe in setting goals, and I do believe in commemorating the new year with the thought and the concept and the idea that the Lord has given me a, a new year, a new start, a fresh beginning. And uh, so I'm going to do something this year that I haven't done in a long time. Uh, and I, I mentioned this often from the pulpit. Uh, for many years, I read the Bible through by starting in Genesis and reading it all the way through to Revelation, just in the order that it comes in the Bible. Uh, and the last probably uh, 10 or 12 years, I haven't done that. Instead of reading the Bible straight through from Genesis to Revelation, uh, I read a certain part first. And so a lot of times I'll read the New Testament first or I'll read, uh, last year I actually started in the general epistles and I read from the beginning of the general epistles, actually from the book of Hebrews through Revelation first. Then I read some in the Old Testament and back and forth and I've been doing that for years. But this year I'm going to go old school and I'm going to start in the book of Genesis chapter number one and read straight through 
through the book of the Revelation like I used to do years ago. And I am inviting you all to join me. Amen. Let's read through the Bible together this year. Uh, so if you read five chapters every Sunday and three chapters every day of the week, you'll read through the Bible uh, in a year's time. And uh, so uh, that means five chapters today and then three chapters Monday through Saturday and five again next Sunday. If you do that, you'll read through the Bible and we can all read through it together. Wouldn't that be great as a congregation? So, now, listen, I've done this a few times in the past and asked the congregation uh, to uh, do this with me. So I am prepared, okay? So you're, we're, we're going to get about, you know, somewhere in February, and all of a sudden I'm going to start getting phone calls from people who are saying, did you know this was in the Bible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you know, preacher, did you know what I read this week in the Bible? So, and you'll be asking me questions about it. I am prepared. So uh, I have done this before. So let's read through the Bible together this year, starting today in the book of Genesis, chapter number one. And let's just go all the way through to Revelation together. It'll be a blessed time to study the word of God together. And I think it'll make a great uh, impression. And as we begin the new year, two other things I want to encourage you to do. One is, and I said this in the little thing that I wrote in the bulletin, uh, uh, I tell you what, get you a calendar, a paper calendar. They still make them, okay? They still make paper calendars. You can get one and put it on your wall or uh, uh, in your, on your kitchen counter, whatever. And then you write, you make sure you mark down every time you go to church. If you go to church on Sunday morning, write a.m. and put a circle around it, p.m. put a circle around it. Uh, and then on Wednesday night when you come to church, uh, write revival, just write it down in your calendar. You will be surprised how much church you miss. You will be surprised how much church you miss. And maybe by knowing that you're going to look back at that calendar and see what it looks like, uh, it'll, it'll encourage you to be as faithful as we can in the house of God. Amen? Uh, and so I've done this all my life. Whenever we go on vacation, we still have church. We either go to church or we have church. Uh, even when you say, but you're on vacation. Yeah, but the Lord's <laughs> going to take a vacation from being a Christian. Amen? Christian every day of the week. And then the last thing is, let's try to really be more intense in praying one for another this year. Amen? Let's be prayer warriors together that pray for one another earnestly, sincerely, carefully, and God will use it. Uh, he will. He'll use it. Uh, for uh, for his glory. All right, fellas, come on down. We're going to take up the regular tithes and offerings. You give as the Lord directs. I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever that he will bless you for it. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, Daryl's going to tell you on the last verse for the choir to come up. So, <laughs> so, so choir be ready. They're coming up. Uh, and I'm looking forward. We hadn't had the choir in a few weeks uh, because of all the activities around here. So I'm looking forward to hearing the choir sing this morning. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to ask Brother Ronnie, if he would, to lead us in our uh, offertory prayer.
Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause Satan's done all the stealing and you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Take my cross to Calvary, pay the price for all my sins. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus.
You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know that just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got can feel it, somebody testify, if you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. He's a chain breaker. He just picked a great song. And uh, we've been singing this song for a long time, but I remember the first time we brought it to choir clinic. It says, I won't go back. 
And it starts talking about what the Lord has done for us and how he has saved us by his marvelous grace and cleansed us from our sins, got rid of the guilt that's in our life. And then it's like, I won't go back. I won't go back to the way that it was. I won't go back to the life that I used to live. And we all do, though, don't we? we hey, we, all, we mess up. We, we get cold. We get calloused. And we forget how good God is to us. But man... He's so good to us. And we'll spend a little time in his presence again. Boy, it comes flooding back. And I'm so glad Daryl picked this song. Jason, it's kind of, I'm thinking of you this morning. Don't go back. Don't go back to the way it was before. Keep pressing on for Christ. Be days you don't feel like it. Days that you think, I don't even know if this is really real or was this is this really worth it? It's worth it. It's worth it. Pursuing Christ is worth it. Knowing his presence is worth it. And let me tell you, Brother Jim is saying it's worth it. He's saying, yeah, raising my children might not have been easy. Bringing them into the nurture of God, it wasn't easy. Maybe it didn't all turn out perfect like I thought, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Don't go back.
kind of grace, relentless grace, yes. would chase this rebel down and crawl into this prisoner's cage, take my hand and pull me out. You knew I couldn't make the change, so you became the change in me, and now I live to tell the story of a God who rescues you. And I'm amazed by where I stand. Your cross, it is the proof that love made the first move. of this whole world sometimes I just need a word from heaven 
that everything is okay. I try to walk by faith, but sometimes I'm so afraid, and I cannot see how God can make a way. But then I think He's never failed me. trouble that you feel and those burdens they are real and I know you feel that God has forsaken you but child don't lose your faith because he's working while you wait so just hold on and he will bring you through he's never failed me trust him now he will make a way somehow so just believe and you will say he's never failed me never left me not one time am I cried out and my voice he has not Oh, it's uh, New Year's 
day, and we're doing new things. So uh, it's great to have David and Taylor here with us. Uh, they've been uh, here with us for a while, and uh, I am the most blessed of all the family members. I am because he gets to stay at my house. <laughs> we have an apartment downstairs at the Parsonage that missionaries and evangelists use all the time. And so it's great when David and Taylor come in. Uh, I don't know that we see them any more than the rest because they're, hi, bye, hi, bye. <laughs> but at least they get, the, we know they're down uh, in the apartment down there. And that makes it great. And David's going to preach this morning, but he's also, I think, going to tell you a little bit about what's happening in his and Taylor's life. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but David uh, has finished uh, his uh, degree at Crown, uh, and he will formally graduate in May, but he has no more classes. He's completely finished with his program. We're very, very proud of him uh, for having gone and done a four-year degree at Crown. We're thrilled about that, but he'll tell you some other things as well. Come on around, David. Well, we're so glad to be here today with everybody, and we're just so thankful for And I know that I have this family, church family with you all, but I'm just thankful that You've just been able to take Taylor in and be able to be so kind to her. But, but what I want to tell you all about is just that I'm so thankful for just your influence in my life. I'm thankful for my parents' influence. I'm thankful for my grandparents' influence. But I'm thankful for your influence. So I had so many Sunday school teachers, Bible school teachers, vacation Bible school, you know, all of those things in youth group, all those different things. And I can't tell you how much it means to me that you invested in my life. I cannot tell you how much it means to me that you took the time to show me the word of God, to show me what it, the truth is. Because there's so many things in this world that try to tell you that this is what, what you need. This is what's going to be good for you. But you all have told me the truth. And I'm so thankful for that. And so after going to college and learning more truth and more truth and more truth, I'm just so thankful that I've been in a church where I've heard the truth. And something big is happening in our lives, and Taylor and I are very excited about it. We, we are moving to Montana. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. We're moving to Montana. So the, the school has an extension campus in Montana and they're using it really as a launching point for planting churches and for encouraging the churches that are in that area Montana is known and the Northwest is known as the nun zone meaning that they don't claim any religion the people that are out there most of them claim that they don't believe anything and so it's a area where it's very desolate and it's very a place where people don't find much encouragement just from other people in general. And they live out there just living there with you know, no connection to people. And the churches that are there are very, very few 
and they're very just isolated and and it's there it's hard to keep all of those churches that are there encouraged and what the work that they want to do out there is try and connect all the churches that are out there be able to just have that that ministry there where they can know that there are people that are trying to still stand for the truth people that are trying to still give the truth to people and so that's what we'll be doing we'll be at the campus that's there we'll be going out on weekends and traveling to those churches that are in the area and during the weeks we'll be helping with the students and just on the property different things that are going on so I would ask that you would pray for us as we go out there we'll be heading out probably about mid to late January this month and so we'll be doing that packing everything up and it was very sudden and we were able to just have some peace that the Lord wanted us to do this so we just pray that you would you would be in prayer for us about this just saying goodbye to everyone we know that it's going to be hard but we know that we will still be able to meet see everyone here and there so we're, we committed to be there for two years, and so we're excited about that, and we'll see what the Lord does in those two years, see what he might have next for us. But I just, that's what I most importantly want to tell you all, is thank you for investing in my life. Because it, it doesn't go unnoticed. It doesn't go, it, it made a difference in my life. You can think that there might be some kids that they just don't care, but you're putting truth into them that they are going to be able to draw from when they need it in their lives. And there was times in my life where I'm trying to figure out why do I believe what I believe, but I'm able to go back to the truth that I had been taught since I was you know, a very young child. So thank you all so much. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter number seven. Taylor and I were gonna sing a song, but I don't want to do that to Taylor right now. She's a little bit. But anyway, just turn with me to Romans chapter 7. <laughs> so Romans chapter 7. And we'll read starting in verse 15. And if you would stand with me, we'll read this passage here. Romans chapter number 6. In verse 15, Romans chapter 6, verse 15, sorry. <laughs> All right, it says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so, now yield your members, servants, to righteousness, unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things, whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made 
free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that we can know that you are holy. You are righteous. Lord, you do not fail us. Lord, there is no shadow of turning in you, Lord. We thank you that we can place all of our faith, all of our trust in who you are and your unchanging character, Lord. Lord, we come to you this morning knowing who we are, that we are sinful, that we are the ones that deserve to die, but we thank you that you sent Jesus. We thank you that he died for us. We thank you that he rose again, and we thank you that he has come to live inside of us and to bring us life and life more abundantly. Lord, we pray this morning that you would help us to know what you have for us this morning. This is your word, Lord. This is your message to us this morning. And we pray that you would work through it. We pray that you would help us to hear what you have to say. And we pray that you would just help us to give you the honor and the glory for all things that are done this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. And as we come to this point, thank you. As we come to this passage, this is a passage that the Lord has worked in my life a lot with. I, I dealt, I was reading in that the first half of this chapter a lot and so much that I had really made some of the verses in there really my life verses that I just clung to. Every time that I would think about the, the Satan just trying to tempt me with sins and things that came into my life, but verses 11 through 13 really became my life verses that I could just cling to, that that was something that every time that I had doubts that I could do what the Lord wanted me to do, I could just go to those verses and know that it says there that I am dead to sin. I am alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And this passage here is really the second portion of what Paul is saying in this chapter. In verse number one of chapter six, You'll hear something familiar. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then in verse number 15, it says something very similar. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? And so he's breaking it up with those two same things. And so just like it said there, shall we continue in sin that this grace that the Lord has given to us might abound. He says, God forbid, how shall we continue in this sin when Jesus has died for us, when he has risen again, when he has delivered us from this sin? How shall we continue in this sin that brought a death sentence to us? And we come to this next portion, and he says, so here's another thing. Should we continue in this sin? Should we keep doing this sin? Here's another reason why we shouldn't keep continuing in this sin. And it uncovers some needs that are in our lives. It uncovers some things that 
I think that even apply to this new year season and applies to this time of the year that we're thinking about because so many people are trying to do something new to change what they've been doing. They've been trying to seek after maybe the year before it didn't quite turn out how they thought it would. They, they didn't quite get the results that they thought they would get. But this passage uncovers a great, great resource and a great need that we can have from this. And it's these fruits unto holiness and everlasting life. And it uncovers another need that we have that is an unlikely need that so many times we think that really is something constricting, but the Lord wants to show us from this that this is something that is really going to free you. And it's when it talks about this slavery, this servant being a servant either to sin or to obedience, it says. And something that we have to think about is that there are two choices in your life. You can either choose to do and obey what God has given to you to do, or else all that goes against it, everything besides obedience to what God has given us to do, is sin. It's as simple as that. And when it says it in this verse, it says, you either are yielding yourself to be a slave to sin, or you're yielding yourself to be a slave unto God and a servant unto God. But the thing that we have to see here is that being a slave to God is not a bad thing. Being a slave to God is the most freeing thing that we can have. We come to this passage, and it talks about it earlier, about yielding yourself, in verse number 13, unto unrighteousness. And you yield yourself to be an instrument of unrighteousness and all those things. And then it goes on and says in verse number 16, it says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. This slavery to God is something that we must come to terms with in our lives. Because when we have given our lives to God, we have been bought with a price. When we have given our lives, when we have been saved, that is when Christ, we accept Christ's work for us, when he died on the cross for us, when he paid our sin debt, and when he rose again to defeat sin's debt payment for us and to be able to rise from the dead. That is what we must realize, is that that was the cost for our sin. That was the price that we had to pay, but we could not pay it. So Jesus came and did what we could never do, and he died for us, he rose again, and when we accept this payment, we accept that Christ was the only one that could do this for us. We accept that Christ is the only righteous one. We accept that Christ is the only one that is able to do this. Earlier in the book, it talks about, in chapter 3, about that there is none righteous, no, not one. But in verse 21, it says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. And it goes on, The righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. The righteousness 
of God that we could never attain to only comes through Jesus. It only comes through accepting what he has done for us. And we go on to see that this is what that slavery is. We're getting more and more of what Christ has done for us when we are a slave unto him. We're accepting more and more of Christ into our life because we are saying, Lord, I am not able, but you are able. I'm going to take more and more of what you've done for me in place of my inability and my lack to be able to do what you want me to do. And it keeps going on to say about that. But as we read on, sorry, it's a little bit just out of order. I'm trying to get my thoughts together. But the first thing that I want us to just look at is this, the importance of obedience. So we, we come to this passage, we're understanding what is going on here is that we are slaves unto God, but we understand that this is a good thing. So we come to this, obedience. This is the first thing. Obedience is the key. When we come to this, when we realize that we must be a slave unto God because we must give ourselves to him because we've been bought with a price, when we come to realize that we must not sin, we must not give ourselves to this sin, we come to this point where we, we wonder why should we do this? How are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to be able to not sin? And be able to give ourselves unto God, to be able to give ourselves to what he wants us to do. The first thing is obedience. And obedience is required. And I want us to read verse 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. And this obedience, this is how we are able to, to be the servants of God and to be able to do what he has asked us to do. Because I know so many times in my life, Satan has tried to convince me that what the Lord wants you to do right here, you can't do it. You do not have the power within yourself to do this. But what the Lord wants us to see right here is that we can do it. This obedience is not only something that we can do it's something that he enables us to do because in the passage in the same chapter it talks about how in verse 11 that we have been made dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God this is what we have to realize that we have the choice whether or not we are going to obey the Lord or not when we accept Christ as our Savior we have the ability to obey him. You know, before we were saved, the only thing that we could do was sin. That's all we could do. We didn't have the ability to do what God wanted us to do because we did not have God living inside of us to be able to do his will. But when God came to live inside of us, when Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, came to live inside of us, he gave us the power to be able to do all that he desires for us and I want to just encourage you today that when there are times that Satan tries to convince you that you cannot do what the Lord wants you to do, you 
have the power within you through Jesus to do what he wants you to do. It is not in your own power. It's not in my own power. It's in the Lord's power that he gives to us. And that's what we must realize is that this obedience is how we are to be able to, to do this. But what we have to realize is that this obedience is not only what we need to do this, it's also required. Because in Romans 14, we learn about this great, this great principle. It says in Romans 14, verse number 2, that we are accountable to God. It says in verse 14, chapter, sorry, verse 14 and chapter, verse number 12, it says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And we must realize that in our lives, that the Lord is our creator. He's our maker. He's the one that has given us life. He's the one that has made all of this earth. He's made everyone that is on this earth, and he is the one that has the right to say, this is what I want you to do. This is what you are to do, because he is the Lord. That is what we must realize in our lives, and something that the Lord has just been working on and working on in my life is realizing that me and you, we are not in control of our lives. This is not our life to live for our purpose. The Lord has created me and you for a purpose, for his purpose. He has not created us for us to live and to die and to do all the things that we want to do with our own lives. He has a very specific purpose for every single person that he has put in this world. And we will come to him one day at the end of our lives, and we will say, Lord, this is what I've done with my life. And the Lord will have to either say, that is not what I had for you to do. You missed the whole purpose that I had for you in this life. Or he will say, well done. You've done what I've asked you to do. You've done what I've given for you to do with your life as you've yielded to me. And this obedience is what we all must come to the Lord with one day at the end of our lives. Have we obeyed or have we yielded ourselves to sin? Have we yielded ourselves to all of those things that are against the Lord. And that's what we must come to realize in our lives. And the second thing that I want us to just look at here is that in verse number 19, it talks about how they were doing, they were yielding to all those sinful things in the weakness of their flesh. But think about this in the second part of that verse. Even so now, yield your members Servants to righteousness unto holiness. Here's the difference. Before, you did not have the Lord. Before, all you could do was sin. And it says it was just iniquity on iniquity on iniquity. All those sinful things just kept piling up and piling up. But now, the difference is that you have Jesus living inside of you. The difference is, is that you have a power that you didn't have before living inside of you. You have a strength that you didn't have before when you were living for your own desires and for your own pleasures. It says there, servants to righteousness, unto holiness. You see, now we are yielding to the Lord's strength. Now, the way that you do this is 
You yield unto what the Lord has brought into your life. You can obey. The first thing that we looked at, we can obey the Lord because Jesus is living inside of us. And now the second thing, we can do what the Lord wants us because we have his strength in our lives. As we keep yielding to the Lord, as we keep putting our faith in him, it just becomes more of the Lord and less of ourselves in our lives. More and more of what he wants to do in our lives and less and less in ourselves. And we're able to see how his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Because the Lord wants to prove that in every single one of our lives. That we do not have the ability to do what he wants us to do in our own strength. We need him. That is what he wants to prove to us. In this passage, in all the Bible, in our lives, so many things he'll bring into our lives to prove that we are weak but we can have his strength. And that's what something that he can show us here. But lastly, what I want us to look at is we saw some of the ways of how we can be these, this servant unto God and how this servant unto God is a good thing. It's a slavery that brings us more and more of God and it brings us to be able to do all the things that he desires for us to do. But the last thing I want us to look at is why. Why, why would we desire to be a slave unto God? Why would we desire to give our lives over to God? Why would someone decide to turn over all the desires that they had, all the plans and goals that they had for their life, everything that they were working toward in their life? Why would someone decide to ch completely change gears and go towards what the Lord desires for their life? and turn towards what he wants for their lives. Well, what we have to realize is that there's a very important principle that the Bible states here in verse 21. It says, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from God, free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end, everlasting life. And this is why we ought to yield ourselves to God. Because every fruit that is not coming from us yielding to what God wants to do to our lives, the only thing that can come from it is death. That's the only thing. Everything that you might be working towards, everything that you think that you are gaining more and more ground, in your personal just status and growing and growing and doing more things, making people think more and more of who you are, everything that that does is only lead us to death. And not only death, but all the results of this sin and the curse of death is the ruin and the decay that sin and death brings. That is the only result of what will come from yielding to this sin and giving in to this sin only will bring death. But the fruit of yielding unto God, it says, un, it says, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. That is the fruit of what is yielding unto God, is you become a servant unto God. You become, you become subject to what he wants you to do. That's what a servant is, right? 
You become someone that does what God wants you to do. When God gives a command, you do it. And you do what God has asked you to do. And when we do what God asks us to do, our fruit is unto holiness and righteousness. And do you know, that is the only thing that leads to everlasting life. Is this holiness and this righteousness that only God can bring unto us. And this, I don't know who this message might be for this morning, but I know that the Lord has worked in my life in this passage in a great way. And it's a little bit out of order and a little bit all put together, but I know that the Lord put this on my heart and he helped me to just be able to bring this this morning for someone because I know the, the struggle of trying to seek after obeying the Lord and thinking that I just can't do it in my own power, Lord. How am I supposed to do all these things that you want me to do? It seems impossible to be constantly on my guard, making sure I do this and doing this and doing this. But the Lord has to remind me constantly over and over and over again that this power to do His will is not in my own power. This power to do His will is when we say, Lord, I'm yielding to you living inside of me. I know from this passage, from earlier in this chapter, that I have the ability to do your will. I know that I can do what's right. I know that Jesus has died for my sin. I know that he is risen from the dead. And I know that he's come to live inside of my life. And now you can say, every time that Satan tries to convince you that you cannot do the Lord's work, you can say, I know that I'm not relying on myself. I am relying on the Lord Jesus living inside of me to do what is right, to do everything that the Lord has commanded. I know so many times Satan would tempt me and he would say, this thing, this thing, this one thing, you can't do that. This situation, it's too hard for you to do this. It's too much for you to do. It's going to be too much coming at you. And there's going to be too many consequences that you don't want to have to deal with if you try to do what the Lord wants you to do here. But the Lord is trying to tell us and trying to emphasize that this obedience is required, that yielding to God's strength is what will give us this power. And the fruit of not doing what the Lord wants you to do only brings death. It only brings death. And it only brings decay. It only brings ruin in your life. And it only brings more and more frustration in your life, especially as you're trying to live as a Christian. Especially as you're claiming to be someone that does follow God's will. That does follow what God wants you to do. But this is just the message that I want to leave you with today. Is that the Lord does give you the power to do everything not just some things, but everything that he wants you to do in your life. If you come to a passage and you say, I don't know if I can do this, Lord, you can. Because you have the Lord Jesus living inside of you. And as we come into this new year, I just want us to think about, are we living for these fruits that are going to bring us everlasting life? And the things that lead toward everlasting life. Or are we working towards the fruits that only end in death? And the only result of them is death. And it sums up the passage here. It says it right there, plain and simple, the verse we all know. 
for the wages of sin. The only thing, only thing that that sin brings is death. But the gift of God eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And when we accepted Jesus Christ, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, He wants you to have this eternal life this very day. He wants you to have this gift that God wants to bring unto you through what Jesus did for you that only He could do. He wants you to have it today because it's this great gift that we could not do in our own power. We could not die for our own sins and come back to life and be able to have the victory over it. He says, this is the gift that I bring to you. When you were without strength, when you were without power, this is the gift that I bring to you. And he wants you and me to have it today and see all the fruits that lead toward eternal life today. Lord Jesus, Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for how you've worked in my life. And I thank you for this passage. Thank you for the truth of it. I pray today that you would help us to know what you would have for us this day. Lord, if there's someone that doesn't know you, pray, Lord, that they would just yield to you. Help them to have faith in you. They've done, you've done what they could never do. Help them to trust in what you've done for them today. And help them to see that all that God has, all that you want them to do, Lord, they can do it through your power. They can have more and more of you in their life. You might pray. Oh